Hello, welcome back to the Free the Stour Stone podcast. I'm your host, Elihi. Uh, it's been a while since I last recorded. Um, it's been a few days, actually. I uh, I was on the regular basis of posting, I want to say, one podcast a day for a little bit when I first started this. But, um, you know, it's been a little bit more on the every other day basis. And now it's been actually... I want to say four days. So this is going to be the longest time I've gone without posting since starting this. So welcome back. Um, I hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, staying safe out there and everything, staying productive. Um, meanwhile, while I haven't been, uh, you know, recording and doing the podcasting thing and everything, I've been, uh, I've been trying to stay busy. I've actually been picking up doing Photoshop a lot more. Um, taking these photos that I would edit and just uh, manipulating them and changing them and everything and, you know, starting to kind of roll those out and trying to post those on Instagram more. Um, That's been great. Been really taking advantage of this time and cleaning out my room and spending a lot of time hanging up posters and, and organizing things. And it's incredible the attention, the detail it takes to just kind of focus in and decide where does this go? Where does that go? And that takes so much time, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, but, uh, it's necessary in all things. It takes a lot of time to put into it to, to get the work done, you know? Um, but, uh, that's, that's life, right? Um, but, you know, today I kind of wanted to talk about, um, donating and, uh, what, what am I talking about? Like what kind of donating am I talking about? financial donations? Am I talking about donating time, donating like, you know, blood? And the the answer would be actually donating blood of that, you know, things of that nature. Um, I'm actually a frequent donor with the American Red Cross. And I kind of wanted to talk today about that because today was actually a very important day to me. Today was uh, donation day. And uh, what I like to do bi-weekly is um, I actually like to go and donate platelets with the uh, American Red Cross. I go to the headquarters in Connecticut in uh, Farmington. Uh, I go bi-weekly with my, uh, with my, my father and um, it's great. You know, it's something we both get to do together and just kind of uh, help other people out and everything. But there's kind of layers to this story. Um, That's kind of what today was where today was a big, you know, today was a big day because it was, you know, donation day and everything. And everything went really well. Um, but I think I should kind of start at the beginning and how I got into the whole position of wanting to donate and why why am I invested in it and why do I care to go drive all the way to Farmington to have a needle, like needles stuck inside of me and things of that nature. And that would take us back to high school, actually. Um, so I'm 23. So this was, you know, this was some years ago. Um, back when I was, I must have been like 16 at the time. Um, I was 16 or 17. So it feels like a, a lifetime ago. But um, I remember, you know, it's funny, this actually takes place technically the precursor to the story takes place even before that because throughout my life I struggled with something that a lot of people struggle with and that is the fear of needles and I think the anxiety of having the idea that this needle is going to hurt is a lot worse than the pain itself and that's just 
time and time again with anything. The anxiety of something is always worse than the thing itself. But it's so easy to get wrapped up in that mind state of this is going to hurt. This is going to be the most painful thing ever. I'm going to regret this. And yet, um, it's also one of those things that um, you have to do, um, you know, when it comes to getting blood drawn and vaccinated. And total side note, very thankful. I have, you know, wonderful parents and they decided to get me vaccinated. Very thankful about that. Um, but nonetheless, growing up, you have to have needles stuck in you for medical reasons. And it's especially when you're a kid, that is frightening. Um, I remember when I was a kid and, you know, I was... I was not having it. I was just very paranoid about it. I would have, you know, pretty bad anxiety over it. I would freak myself out to the point where I would have headaches and that was not a good time. Um, but, uh, throughout my life, that was a problem. That was a problem that occurred. And, uh, you know, as I was getting older, I found myself going, you know what? I'm, I'm stronger. I got this. This is no biggie. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll accept this donation. That's great. You know, or oh, excuse me, this donation. Um, I'll accept this, uh, you know, I'll accept the fact that I have to have needles stuck in me for medical purposes. Like, you know, it's fine. And I was getting better and better about it as I was getting older. But then there came the time in high school where uh, I must have been a senior, I think, um, when uh basically the uh, the red cross was coming to you know our school and to do a blood drive because the red cross loves to uh you know they they love to do blood drives of course and um they'll go to high schools they'll go to uh you know um churches town halls wherever they can and wherever the um wherever they can be housed and everything and um they were coming to my high school and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. Like, yeah, needles don't bother me anymore. It's no problem. And I just remember I was in the library with my friend and, uh, we were watching this video online and it was like a, a guy donating blood. And I don't know why I don't understand. I don't remember the circumstances, why we would want to watch some guy donate blood. You know, we're, we were dumb high school kids and we're like, haha, we're going to go donate. Let's, let's watch a video on it because as if we don't know what we're doing. And for some reason that watching that video of a guy having a needle stuck in him sparked a heavy, heavy anxiety for me. Um, and throughout the entire day I was battling with like, should I do this? Should I not? From that moment on, I just, it, it's something switched to me. I was like, Oh, I'm not good now. I was so strong going into this, but now I'm not. And, uh, I remember at one point I got in conversation with the school nurse and to the school nurse's credit, she was not, you know, I don't blame her for taking this stance. I think she was being safe, but she did basically go, look, you know, don't do it. If you're feeling anxious about it, if, uh, about it, if you're feeling nervous about it, don't do it. And that's fair because you know what your body, everyone's bodies reacts differently to everything, whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, diet, uh, what we're eating. And that includes how we handle having blood drawn. So if I'm nervous about it, there's, there's people who have, um, they have certain things going on with their bodies and with, you know, their physical state to where they can't actually just donate blood, you know, that can cause them to pass out or have them cause like cause them anxiety attacks or things like that. So I don't blame the school nurse taking the stance at all, but she was just like, don't do it. And, the majority of people I talked to were just like, you know, you shouldn't do it. And 
I don't blame anyone for taking that stance. Again, there's there's a whole safety side to this. Um, but I was super back and forth on it. Um, a little bit of backstory about me here. I, I've always been heavy into community service. Uh, growing up in the church and everything, we were always really, you know, I was always kind of raised around kind of helping others. And uh, there was always this idea of community service and, um, you know, doing what you can to help other people, you know, um, not even necessarily for the religious aspects, just the idea of like, Hey, we can be better people. We can help other people. And that's, there shouldn't be any reason or any kind of, um, goal attack or not, excuse me, not goal. Shouldn't be any kind of, um, you know, idea of, okay, I did this good thing for somebody. Now they're going to do something good for me. It was just the idea of help other people just to help other people. And that was always kind of strongly, you know, put into my, um, you know, my beliefs and everything as a kid. And I always felt good helping other people, you know, whether whatever charity it was at my school or my church and everything and, you know, other programs, I was always really just, I had a good feeling for doing it. It was never really upsetting or boring. It always felt good helping people, you know, uh, that's how I felt. So, um, so Growing up in that sense, you know, you figure fast forward until the time I'm in high school now and I'm having this moral dilemma. This adds to this level of like, okay, I've always had this fear of needles and like most people do. And um, I'm very anxious about that. But on top of that, I do want to help people. And I'm getting to the age where I'm like being more and more adventurous. Right. And to me, that was it's still an undertaking. It's like, yeah, donating blood was, you know, this this is a potential, uh, thing I can do, you know? And the whole day I was back and forth on it. And, uh, ultimately I, I, I decided to do it. I said, why not? Let's take a chance. So I went to the, they were holding it in the gymnasium. And I remember I went into the, you know, the gymnasium and everything. And I was so nervous. This was by far the most nervous I've ever been to donate. And I was just beside myself. And uh, keep in mind, this was a single pint donation. Um, I'll get into the different forms of donations as we carry on here with this conversation. But the first one I want to talk about is the single pint donation. So um, that is where it's one needle in a single vein. And, you know, they basically draw a single unit of blood out of the body. And um, of course, there's a lot of precursors you have to match certain height you know for your height and your weight and then other requirements um they just want to make sure you're healthy and everything get them you have to match within certain parameters of course they take your temperature your iron level everything like that make sure you're not on any antibiotics um battling any battling any infections just for the safety of the donor the person drawing the blood and then the person receiving the blood you know very safe um because aside from wanting to do it and aside from helping others, you're really not helping anybody. If you're sick, you're potentially putting yourself and others at risk. So, um, so, uh, I, I was there and I just remember sitting there and I was beside myself. I was so nervous and I was, uh, I was laying down, you know, and, um, <laughs> I remember actually there's a cream they have to rub on your arm. 
um, it's a type of uh, disinfectant, right? So when the needle goes in, it uh, this basically prevents infection with the needle entering in your body, and it's completely necessary, and you know, I totally advocate for it. But at the time, you have to understand, I was so paranoid and I was so nervous and and everything, and this cream made my arm look very pale. So I was looking away and when I looked back, I was like, oh no, my arm, it's, it's lost color. Oh no, I'm dying. And the, <laughs> the nurse, oh, she was not having it. She's like, you're fine. Nothing's wrong. It's okay. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hope I'm not being annoying. And she's like, you are. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh, that was it was a weird moment because I was like, uh, I think this nurse hates me. She's maybe gonna miss my vein a few times, you know, <laughs> on purpose. But no, um, I. Uh, but yeah, she did end up putting the needle in my vein, and uh, you know, drew blood out, and the whole process. I was just like, oh, I was in a weird state. I was like, this is the craziest thing ever. I can't believe I'm doing this. Am I dying? No, I'm not. Maybe I am. I don't know. And oh, so wild. Um, so then I just remember, um, yeah, I remember going through it and, uh, it was, it was cool too, because I had some friends that had come along with me to try and, uh, donate as well. And unfortunately they couldn't due to medical reasons. Um, you know, there's restrictions on if you've been to certain countries at, at a certain time period, as well as other just regular med- uh, medical, you know, reasons. And, uh, unfortunately they couldn't donate and taking nothing away from them. I think the intent was shown. I think a lot of times, even if you can't do something, the intent always matters. And, you know, their intentions were good. And, um, you know, what can you do? You can only try things, right? Uh, and, the, you know, it's it's a total side note. The beauty of this quarantine is, you know, this gives us a lot of time, you know, to kind of focus in and hopefully just, you know, for you know, aside from just obviously dealing with health and dealing with financial situations, because we all got to figure that out and everything, um, whether it's unemployment, whether it's, you know, are we still working from home, getting paid and this and that, um, and how safe are we staying away from people and this and that. Um, what I was trying to just say was that um, this time is so great to kind of just reinvent ourselves and kind of just, you know, uh, collect new skills, I guess. Um Honestly, I totally forgot why I went off on this little side quest here. We're on a main quest here, and I kind of just went off to the side, you know, typical. But uh, <laughs> back to it, um, you know, um, oh, I was, sorry, I was talking about my my friends and how they, you know, they uh, attempted something, even though there was, I guess, failure in the sense where they weren't able to do it. I guess it's always amazing to kind of go for something risking failure, you know, and that's something fun during this quarantine. I'm learning for myself where I'm trying to pick up a lot of things and, you know, not everything works out the first time. There's a few times I've been recording a few different podcasts, for example, and I thought back to it and it was like, you know, 50 plus minute episodes. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't like them, deleted them, restarted. And I think the beautiful thing about all this is just to kind of keep pursuing stuff, um, risking failure. Why not? You know, whether no one listens to this or whether a bunch of people do, you know, it's, it's a beauty of taking time to work on stuff. So there's some beauty there and, uh, just doubling down on, um, that I thought it was cool that they tried and, uh, to anyone who tries, I think it's all cool. I, I, I don't think you should feel guilty. Um, I think, uh, you know, there is simply, there's 
eligibility and there's not, and it's unfortunate, but all we can do is try, right? Um, so I was able to donate and that was a, that was a great experience because while that was my most nerve wracking donation, that was definitely the one that set my course for what would be my, my journey. And, um, my journey started there in 2013. That was a single pint donation in my high school's gymnasium and it would pick back up. It, it, it started and then it kind of stopped for a few years because that was the first time I donated but then there was a little bit of a gap between the next donation and the next one, I remember I was in college and I was like, you know, I don't know where this thought came from for the record. Like at the time, I have no idea where the thought came from, but it just sort of picked back up and it was like, you know, I really liked that, that thing I did when I donated. I, I really liked it. You know, it was, it was conquering a fear. It was helping other people. It was productive. Like now I'm in college and I'm a bit more ambitious. Like, let me try and I, let me try and do more things. Like I should, I should do this again. So I decided to donate schedule an appointment and, uh, it was cool. Cause then I showed up and I was asked when I checked in and signed in and everything, Hey, would you like to try power red? Now I didn't know at the time what power red was. I had no idea. I'm like, what, what is power red? And they told me that it's essentially a double pint donation. So whereas there's the regular single pint donation, um, this is the same thing, except you give two pints and you actually have your plasma returned back to you at the end. So it's kind of a pleasant feeling, they say. And I thought I donate twice as much and I get a pleasant feeling afterwards. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm game. So, um, so I did it. And, uh, the thing is with the blood drives, you can go and look up on, um, you can look up on the American Red Cross, uh, Red Cross website. You can call the American Red Cross or you can, um, you know, you can download the blood donor app. There's many ways to figure out where and when there's going to be a blood drive near you. And the thing is with Power Red, it is, they require more sophisticated machines than, um, the regular ones that draw blood, um, simply because it's, it's two pints and then they have to return plasma back. So it's a little bit more hands-on and because it's more sophisticated machines, they don't have as many. And because they don't have as many, it's more restrictive on times and dates. So it's a little bit more tricky when it comes to scheduling, but it's, it's doable. Um, and I found that out because after I did that donation and I felt fine, you know, I felt great. I was like, cool, this was great. I feel, you know, great doing this. Um, I found that in the future when I was scheduling these appointments, it was tricky to find the time and the place to do these donations. Very, very, you know, it varied quite a bit. Um, I always found the time and date and everything and always worked out, but it was a little trickier. But nonetheless, we find the time for things we care about, you know. Um, and it's funny, too. There's there's nothing quite like when you, um, after you donate and you, you know, you get your Cheez-Its, your apple juice, your Oreos and everything. And it tastes that much better because I guess you're a little bit drained and it's just, they normally taste great. But then after it being drained, there's that level of, oh, this is fantastic. And I remember one time after I donated, I think it was after the first time yeah the, like when I did my first power red and I was eating the cheese it's an apple juice at the table and I was like wow this is so good oh this is awesome and the, 
one of the helpers, I think they thought I was high because I was just so into the Cheez-Its at the time. I was just, I was really invested. <laughs> that was, that was a fun time. That was really funny, you know? Um, but that was a very important step in my journey as well, because this was the first donation I did outside of the very first one, the very first being a single pint. This is my first ever power red. So now I've done two different forms. Um, and for the foreseeable future, I would be doing power red. Now with single pine donations, you could donate up to like, you could donate every like 56 days, right? With power red, it's, uh, every 112 days. Um, so that was what I was doing. I figured, okay, doing twice as much the work, getting plasma back. It's, it's all good. Let's just do this. So I've been, I was doing that for years. Um, now the one unfortunate thing about donating blood is the, basically just how much you can donate. While I do enjoy donating, I enjoy the, the process, overcoming the anxiety of having a needle stuck in me and taken out, helping others, feeling like I'm a part of something, the whole process. While I do love and enjoy that, um, there is the level of like, I wish I could have done it more. Because again, you can only donate blood like every few, every certain amount of days. I mentioned before with single pints, it's every 56 days. I mentioned with double pints, it's every, um, you know, uh, what was it? 116 days or, uh, excuse me, uh, 112 days. Um, and that's a long time. It's a long time to wait. And while it is satisfying to do it, it goes by so quickly. And before you know it, you're waiting again. And obviously there's more to life and there's other things taking up your time. But when, you know, when you're getting really into donating, it's, it's like, I wish I could be doing this more. Um, that was the problem I kept finding myself in. And I thought, man, I'm thinking about this donating thing a lot and I, I enjoy it, but I really wish that um, there was more I could do. But what can I do? So I was stuck in the mind state of, okay, this is what I'll do for the foreseeable future. No problem. I'll just keep keep at it, you know? And uh, my whole dynamic of that, of donating, how much I can donate, and just being a part of the process would drastically change with this one conversation I had with one of the Red Cross employees um, a few years into being a regular donor. And I want to say this was 2016 or 20, either late 2016 or early 2017. Um, I, fun fact, I used to have such bad anxiety. Again, not taking any shots at people with anxiety uh, with needles because that is not something to be ashamed of at all. I, I don't think we ever overcome our fear of needles, you know. Um, after all these years, I still, there's still moments where I'm like, all right. Needle's about to go in. It does get easier, though. I will say this. It does get easier um, as time goes on. But still, um, my anxiety at the time was so bad that I found it way easier to have friends come with me when I donated. I thought, this this will make things better. This will help. Um, but, uh, yeah, you still had to face the needle at the end of the day. So it's like, they, you know, you can have a friend show up, but you ultimately have to go through it. So... That was kind of my boat. And uh, there's a few times I had friends kind of, you know, come and, uh, you know, I guess be by my side and everything and, you know, 
just kind of helped me through the process. So um, there was one time that there was a church that I wanted to donate at and they, um, what was it? They, um, they didn't really have availability and I was on the phone with someone from the Red Cross and they had said, yeah, you know, um, you can go to the, you know, you can go to the church and hopefully, uh, I, I forget how they worded it, but they made it sound pretty hopeful that I would basically have a, ch a shot at donating. I just, um, you know, just go down to the donation center and see if there's any availability. So I did. I went there and my friend was with me and I thought, okay, um, I'm here, you know, let me, um, let me just sit around and see if maybe there's a shot at me donating, right? And I ended up sitting there for quite some time and I had seen people come before and after me and they were, you know, uh, they had already donated and things like that. And I was like, you know, I was getting frustrated. I'm like, ah, oh, this is unfortunate. I was hoping to donate, but it doesn't seem to be. And um, then it ended up being where uh, one of the employees came up to me and, um, I think that, uh, yeah, this conversation that I had with him, this, this was, this would, I don't think I know this drastically changed my whole dynamic of donating forever. Um, even now, like it still has shockwaves to this very day where I had mentioned I've donated today. And, um, I think that is, I think we're going to pick that back up in, uh, this is going to be part one. And part two will pick back up with what that conversation was and how that changed the entire dynamic of donating for me and what it would lead to and what it is currently still leading to. And we'll also pick back up with um, why donating means so much to me and what it is to me that keeps me going to this point. Because it, in, in retrospect, it is very unusual that, um, you know, the idea that we allow ourselves to have a needle stuck into our veins from someone else. It's, it's, you know, a part of our brain is obviously freaked out that we would, uh, our nervous system and just our, our, you know, parts of our body are just so resistant to the idea of being invaded of that sort. So it is an unusual practice, but, uh, I do want to go in further and discuss this in part two and, um, I want to thank you for tuning into part one here. So we will continue this conversation part two. Thank you. And I will see you in the next one.